What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cross Platform. Unfortunately, I can't take credit for this one, though. This is my chat with Nick Hayden at Sports Biz Live, and he was nice enough to let me steal the audio here. So if you haven't had the chance to follow Nick Hayden from the Sports Biz Group and Sports Biz Live, please be sure to do so and enjoy our conversation regarding esports. All right, looks like we're live. Cool. Can you guys hear me still? Perfectly. Nice. Awesome. Let, let me double check with LinkedIn on the app and, and see if it's up. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped to get this thing going and, and get some esports talk. So we are, we are live. Awesome. Got the we're live. I just got the notification. There we go. Let's get some people to start tuning in. Um, we are live here. Perfect. Awesome. Let, let me double check with LinkedIn on the app. And, and All right, cool. So um, we start to have some people coming in now. So um, all the people that are tuning in, uh, could you just drop a comment, introduce yourself, like say hello, give us a little wave, and uh, we'll ask um, answer your questions as it, as it goes on. But for all the people tuning in now, could you just introduce yourselves and um, type a little comment? Love it. Awesome. You got you got twelve viewers in here quick. That's yeah. Cool. That's Force Biz Live brand. It's it's hot right now. It is. Um, yeah, we did a Love we it. did a great live stream yesterday. We we had five sports related startups, and uh, they're all like seeking funding or partnerships. So we kind of gave them a platform to showcase, and definitely need some more uh, esports companies to to pitch on the next one. Cool. Yeah, cool. So we'll give it a few more minutes. It looks like there's some people coming in. Thanks for all the, the comments. Um, but we could just start off, I guess, if you guys want to like introduce yourselves, kind of tell about your backstory, um, what you're doing now, and just kind of like a little spiel or a little intro about yourself. You want to take it, Herb? You take it off. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sounds like it cut off a little bit. If you want to, you still there? Yes, yeah, Devin, give it another try. I think you froze up a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that I'm I'm blinking in and out. It's that internet connection I was warning you about. All right, yeah. so uh, uh oh, will be all right. This is killing me. This is going to be a long day. Uh, <laughs> hardware, software sales, brand building, and that sort. So really on the back end of it. Spent the last several games in esports, um, and it's been primarily through just previously. I was uh, heading. Uh, Esports and games marketing for Dolby. I'm still working with Dolby, but I was always a consultant on that. Mm. Old jittery. Mm. 
still there? Still there, Stefan? As I warned you, the, the internet connection here in Northern California is not as good as it should be. Yeah, it's all good. Um, let me. I'm going to try to take you down from stream, and I'll add you back on so you refresh it real quick. All right. Cool. That might have fixed it a little bit, but um, cool. Yeah. So, kind of. Um, I guess quick bio would be, you know, you're you're uh, consultant for Dolby, and you're doing. Um, heading up the esports and and uh, gaming side of things. So um, is that right? I think it cut off a little bit when you were talking about a little bit of the, the backstory behind that. But um, if you want to like do a little refresh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, working with Dolby as a consultant for games and esports, running their marketing side. Um, interestingly, you know, the timing of this is all pretty pretty uh, propitious, I'd say, in that um, we just are coming out of. Um, uh, stealth mode. I'm launching an agency with some colleagues uh, focused on games and esports. So we're having uh, a really good time, you know, sort of getting things up and running. And you know, love to talk to some folks that are that are working on similar projects in the space. Um, you know, what I'll say is the agency I've I've formed is called High Def. Uh, that's H I D E F. Uh, you can go to highdef.gg more about us. Um, but really working with brands the same way that I've been a lot of sort of um, big brands, especially in the tech space, surprisingly don't know much about games and esports and they don't know how to get into the space. And even now you're just beginning to see a few really top notch brands get into esports specifically in really authentic ways. And, and I think that's some exciting stuff to see. And, and that's the kind of programming and projects that we're working on ourselves. So excited to be a part of it and looking forward to the conversation today. Amazing. Glad to um, help launch this new agency and be one of the, I guess, first <laughs> press, press coverages. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we haven't, like I said, we're just coming out of stealth mode. So you guys are the first to break the news. So glad to be here. This is history guys. Come on. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Thanks for that, Herb. If you wanna, if you wanna take over and uh, kind of give us a little bit of your story. Sure. Yeah. I'm Herb Nang. I'm the head of growth at Round Hill Investments. Um, I graduated from the University of Mississippi uh, with a degree in marketing and communications, uh, where I went right to the NFL uh, for uh, about two and a half years for a company called On Location Experiences, where we were doing corporate hospitality and uh, ticket sales for the Super Bowl. Um, I was really I was introduced to esports right when I graduated from an early mentor of mine who was very early in Nvidia, um, and he told me two things that I need to start to pay attention to now that I graduated and taking on the real world. And he said, one of them is artificial intelligence. The other thing is esports, and you know I grew up playing video games, but nothing more than Call of Duty and Madden and uh, and Mario Kart, um, and never never thought of it as a career. But as I started to study and learn more and more, you know I found myself reading a few articles a day for about three years, and, and the next thing you know. Um, I found myself pretty well versed in the topic and it was really, I think November of last year, I went to DreamHack Atlanta, which is a big, uh, 
esports and gaming convention. Um, and I just kind of mentally made the switch. I was like, this is something that I know I want to be a part of. Um, Super Bowl 53 ended as well as my time with, uh, with on location experiences, which gave me a great opportunity to, to kind of take the plunge into esports where I went and worked for a small little land center uh, out in Atlanta, Georgia for about a month or so. Took another job at a, a little bit larger of a facility down in downtown Atlanta uh, for about four or five months where I was a director of business development doing um, partnerships, sponsorships, and also helping raise capital. Um, and then I uh, had the, I was fortunate enough to actually be connected to Tim and Will at Roundhill Investments um, since, since about April, um, and had just kind of created a relationship with them right off of LinkedIn. Nick, as you know, I'm a huge, huge proponent of LinkedIn and everything I do on here. Um, <laughs> and, uh, my relationship started with those guys back in April and we were just kind of friends that went to school in the SEC and were both messing around in esports. And, um, you know, lo and behold, after, you know, after the Fortnite World Cup and, and a couple beers, uh, and in the Uber on the Uber on the way home, um, you know, Will kind of looked at me. He's like, you know, you think you could do this role for us? And uh, Roundhill Investments is an asset management firm, and um, uh, that's uh, built to bring innovative products to the investing public. And our first product um, in ETF format is based around esports. And um, uh, you know, the stigma in the world right now is that. Bob Crafts are the only people that can invest in esports and gaming, and we've created a product to kind of combat that and bring it to the public to allow people to get exposure to an industry that is exciting and innovative and, um, and that, that everyone's talking about right now. And my goal as our head of growth is to produce unique content and, and market um, and market what we do uh, from a round to investment standpoint and become kind of a thought leader in the esports space. So. Uh, you know, we're not here to break news, but we're here to give our, our takes on, on the industry and where it's headed. And um, it, it, Roundhill's been, oh, these guys started Roundhill about a year ago, and our product's been live on New York Stock Exchange for about four months now, or five months now. And uh, it's very exciting, and the industry's awesome, and all I do is talk about it, as you know, and uh, it's great to be a part of it. That's awesome. Thanks for that. Um... Yeah, so for like Roundhill, could you, if you could like break it down to somebody that like doesn't know what a ETF or trade like. So I I have to give a I have to give a well, I understand where your questions go. If you broke up for a second, I understand where your questions go. I have to give a disclosure. There's certain things that I I probably can't say um, yeah. from a just from a financial services standpoint. Super secret. I know my CEO is watching, um, and I actually don't know what the rule, what the what the rules are. So um, you know, I can talk about as much as you want, but to, to save everyone, I don't want to uh, to say something. And then he's like in the WeWork; he could sprint in here at any moment and say, <laughs> "That's fair." Um, be holding up, he'll be holding up signs at the window of the of the conference room that you're in. Please take a look at our website, roundhillinvestments.com. <laughs> Amazing. Well, um, appreciate that. Um, cool. So I think we can, we can, if you have questions for anyone that's me and feel feel drop it and we'll periodically um, answer them. But um, if you guys want to talk about like something that's going on in esports right now, that's like really exciting or kind of like 
you know, at least this week, like what's the most trending topic or something that's like really caught your attention and kind of like break that down. Um, if either of you want to start with that. I'll jump in. Um, the one that hit me was, uh, the work that LVMH is doing with League of Legends, um, coming in and sponsoring, right? So first off, the, uh, the way that they've embraced esports is, is awesome to see, right? You're talking about one of the premier brands on the planet coming in and, you know, they, they, the work that they're doing is because they're making a long-term investment in the space. And I think that says tons about, you know, what is, is a going on and happening right now and be where big brands and big marketers and big companies are seeing it going in the future. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys saw it, but LVMH came out. They've been sponsoring League of Legends in a variety of ways, but they just announced this week that they're doing um, what they're calling prestige skins for the world championship, I think is what it was. Um, and to me, that's, you know, there are multiple levels that you can unpack with that sponsorship alone, right? Not only are they coming in, they're doing what they do best, which is, you know, here they are, they're providing this premier skin, branding is on it, but it is this prestige piece that you have to be, you know, able to access uh, by virtue of playing in the event. Um, and then B, that opens up all the downstream kind of stuff that they might wanna do. And I, I have to imagine that they're thinking of it this way which is that they can go in and they can begin to productize skins across the platform, you know, in partnership with, with the brand, right. And with, in partnership with the game. And so you could see custom skins coming out at different times of year. You could see collections coming out. You can see other brands getting into the space. This is something I've been talking about with a number of publishers on the game side uh, in ways to engage companies in that it gives you the opportunity to productize stuff that you wouldn't necessarily be able to productize. It brings the brand in authentically, which is most important to the viewing public. You know, the audience cares, but you know, I think if, you know, you think about some, some bad activations that you've seen across the space, they're out there too. Um, but you know, this brings them in in a real way that, that makes it valuable both to the brand and to the audience. And it's something that the audience can embrace. So to, that was huge. That, I think that was one of the most brilliant moves I've seen and, you know, in a good while, it was great. You know, what, from a, from a partnership standpoint, you know, I was so, I was so excited to see that. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's a certain element I think right now in the industry where, you know, I'm on, I'm under the, I mean, my whole mindset is that it's not a, do I want to get involved in this? It's, I need to get involved in this and how do I do it? And how do I do it right now? Because anyone who's yeah. right is just going to be behind the eight ball. So when you see Louis Vuitton come in and you partner with, with League of Legends, everyone's like, you know what? Like, give me a break. Like, you know, that's just a logo slap, something like that. And, and quite honestly, when I see partnerships on the initial, my, my thought is always, okay, how's this going to look? You know, is this going to be like yeah. Drake? Uh, investing in hundred thieves has become a logo slap to me. You know that was just a that was just a co-branding, the marketing stuff. I have not seen Drake since that one picture. But you know, yeah. I was a little concerned for Louis Vuitton too. I was like, I wonder if this is going to be the same type of thing. And then I saw the pictures the other day that if you guys go follow the Barstool, uh, or sorry, the uh, Bleacher Report um, gaming account, they had a fabulous photo of how 
the brand is integrated and it just looked, it was really well done. And so yeah. great to see brands like those, which you wouldn't expect to integrate so authentically. And I know from, you know, guys who have been in this industry for way longer than I have, they truly appreciate that authenticity and it means the world to them. So that, uh, it was a, it was a really, really well done partnership. And I'm glad to see it actually looks, it looks as good as it, as cool as it was too. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. If, if, if I'm wrong, is it, was this what probably the first like luxury high end brand to kind of make a move or was there other ones? I'm, I'm trying to think of like that. That, was, I caught, that caught my attention and kind of saw how the skins look. But is that really the first luxury, I think, activation in uh, esports? From an apparel standpoint, right, Stephen? Yeah. I mean, you've got sponsorships happening on the apparel side for teams and things like that. But but certainly at this level uh both brand wise lvmh is you know is massive it's one of the premier brands at, at really you know the top end of the spectrum in you know traditional retail um so yeah absolutely this is this is by far and above sort of the the most premier activation that you've seen and it's going to be hard for other brands to follow frankly because you know they've set the bar you know and and this is something that you know, brands are going to have a hard time and, and you can see it already, right? I mean, you know, her mentioned, you know, the, the other activations, there's so many different activations you could point to where it's just a logo slap or it's just, you know, a, a brand coming in going, oh, esports is hot, gaming is hot, let's get on the bandwagon and spend some money in the space and see if it moves the dial at all. And, and that's just not the way to go about it, right? You've got to be much more prescribed about how you're going to embrace the space and really look at it as a long-term play. I mean, I've been talking to a number of hardware manufacturers that have very relevant products in the space, and even they're confused and, and searching for the right way to activate to make, you know, to make their, their product stand out but also to really build their brand in the space in on in an authentic way, right? So it's 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 gonna be hard act to follow. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So so like when people reach out to you all about like how to either it's a brand or someone trying to like work in esports, um, two different perspectives of like, you know, her became from traditional Stephen, it sounds like you have a little um, stronger background with like esports, like the traditional esports. But what's like, you, what's your advice for either a brand trying to break in or someone in a career standpoint, like trying to get a job? Like, what, what kind of advice do you all give? Yikes! I, you know, let me let me kick that one off, Stephen, because I think got it. Uh, you know, Justin Varnes and I talked about it on my LinkedIn Live last week. Um, Switching careers into this industry was certainly not easy. And while you know, I get a lot of credit for how quickly it's come for me. How, you know, basically leaving the you know my time at the NFL ending last in March, and then being to kind of where I am now in six or seven months. Um, you know, it, it looks very fast, but it doesn't come from a lack of networking. I mean, I spent hours hours pounding the pavement on LinkedIn, setting up phone calls and doing what I what I uh, and doing what I do best, which is when you try and sell an overpriced Super Bowl ticket to a really stuffy executive who doesn't want to pay the cost, like you learn the worst in people. So uh, luckily the esports industry is wonderful. 
everyone is so excited, everyone's so nice, everyone's so interested in taking the call and sharing more about the industry that they care so much about. But from a career standpoint and from somebody who's trying to switch industries like myself, who's coming from the outside, you have to show um, kind of you have to show authenticity as to why you want to get involved, right? There's there's that stigma of everything is in the mainstream media right now, and there's big investments, there's million dollars here, there's streamers making million dollars, Ninja and Drake and Fortnite World Cup and all this stuff. And it's it's very attractive for guys to come from the outside to want to be here for a hot second, make a quick dollar and get out. But I made it very clear that I think that esports is a massive connection point between traditional sports, music, entertainment, tech, AI, and it's going to be the future of, of a lot of things that we do when it comes to co you know, college education, recruiting for our military, uh, overall team building, and uh, I wholeheartedly believe that. I think I'll be in this industry for as long as I, you know, as long as I possibly can be. And so when I talk to young guys who are looking to break into the space from outside of the industry, I'm always like, be, be honest with yourself about why you want it. Because if you're not a streamer or a pro gamer right now, it's certainly not for the paycheck. Um, because it's just, it's we're in the first, the first half of the first inning, like my, my dad will say. And there's a lot left to be learned. Um, but the reason as to why you want to get into the industry is pretty crucial when starting to set up those initial calls when you see job openings. Yeah, I'd say that's well said. Um, you know, from my standpoint, I look at, you know, even, even games industry, as, as established as it is, um, you know, it still is very much the Wild West, right? There's, there's a ton of opportunity. Um, be, uh, you know, for somebody who's looking to make the jump into games or esports, you know, identify your strengths and what you want, what you want to do in the space and, and go and seek out those opportunities and find those people that are doing those types of things that can help mentor you and bring you in and show you the ropes, so to speak. Um, because they're happy to do it. You know, this is, this is a, a, you know, there's a couple of stats I like to throw out. First off, games and esports, well, games by themselves dwarf the overall, as an industry, dwarf the overall revenues of film and music combined. And that's traditional media right there. That's, that's the bulk of traditional media right there. Um, and then the other piece is that esports is the fastest growing market in the media and entertainment space. Right, bar none. Year over year, the CAGR, I want to say, is something like 34, 35%. So it's growing massively, but it is very, it is the first half of the first inning. You know, you are, you've got a long way to go before things really begin to shake out and settle. And, you know, the, the, the game finds its pace, right? Um, and so right now, there's a ton of excitement. People are rushing to get in. It's, you know, it's the gold rush. People want to be a part of it because they love games. You know, that's great. And those are all good reasons. So come on in, you know, the, the door's wide open. But again, be authentic with yourself, right? My favorite word today apparently is authentic. I'm going to use it time and time again. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, be realistic, right? You know, think about where, where you want to be and what you want to do. And you'll go find those opportunities because um, they're out there. And, and I think it's, you know, it's something where everybody who I've spoken to uh, is just been, you know, super excited to be here. And, and 
open and anxious to bring other people into it and to spread the gospel. So yeah, you've got a willing audience, you know? Yeah. I like that. Um, so, so kind of like touching on that point where esports is definitely really hot right now, where, where do you think it's going to be like five, 10 years when it's like start to mature or saturate? Like where, what's kind of like a prediction of like, where do you think that's heading or some adjustments that are going to be needed to make kind of, you know, make it even bigger industry? Well, I've been saying, you know, Herb, if you don't mind, I, I've been saying for years that um, the games and now esports are really the future of media and entertainment, right? Um, things that are happening in games, the AI that's driving some of the choices that happen in games, that are driving some of the, some of the, you know, computer-driven characters, you know, you, you attack an orc, you don't kill it, it'll remember that, it'll come back and be mad at you next time you see it, right, and, and fight harder against you, things like that. Um, the interactive storytelling of games, uh, the pacing of games, you can already see has changed the way that filmmaking happens, right? Um, you know, the big kerfuffle because Scorsese came out and said the Marvel movies aren't, you know, good cinema and stuff like that. You know, it's it's very different than, you know, frankly, when he was, you know, in the in the 70s, 80s and 90s coming out with his big films. Right. The the pacing of everything has changed because of the way that games interact with with the user. And so, you know, to me, it really is the future. You're going to see films become more interactive choices. Uh, in, in things like Netflix, right? With, uh, I can't, the title's escaping me, but the, the series, the, the piece that they did that was, um, you know, sort of user choices just, just decided the storyline and, and ultimately the end of it. That's what and how games are affecting things now. And, and esports is going to quickly surpass traditional sports. Now, is it going to take away traditional sports? Not at all. There's a pacing to traditional sports that people love. There's, there's the drama that people love. So they're going to stand side by side in my mind, but, but as an industry, as I think Herb mentioned earlier, you know, esports by itself combines, you know, music, uh, you know, all of it together in this, you know, big interactive event. And, you know, if you've been to a big activation, uh, you know, call it any world championship, any, you know, any finals, those are massive events and they're super exciting to be at. And, and that's the future of, of entertainment right, right there. You know, um, it's such a dangerous question, right? I mean, Stephen, I'm sure we could, like, we could go for hours, but, um, you know, uh, I think there's a couple different areas that I'm really excited about. Um, one I'm so bullish on is the future and continuous integration of traditional sports and esports. I think yeah. um, there's a lot of competition right now where there doesn't have to be. Um, I think there is like new kid on the block coming up and. Um, not new pin on the block, but you know, someone making more headlines in traditional sports, right? Like I, I see, I like viewership for the MLB is down this year, but the overall home runs this year were up like, I don't know, 5%. So it's a concerning number, but I think, you know, and then these owners of these traditional sports organizations are purchasing esports organ organizations because they have to. They have to understand the demographic, 18 to 35, that isn't going to sit in the stands anymore to watch their game. And, and, and as these companies, 
you know, young early stage startups uh, coming about that are, in, that are integrating these two. I think those are the companies that are going to do very well. I'm a little biased because I'm about to be involved with one as well. Um, but I think that so much of our traditional sports athletes now are, I mean, that's what they do, right? The Detroit Lions today yeah. had to, you know, ban Fortnite because guys, not because guys were playing too much in the locker room, but because some guys were starting to not sleep. Like they were like, they yeah. were bad sleep schedule. Um, but, you know, it's, it's what all these guys are doing in their downtime. And quite frankly, I think about it all the time. Nick, we're Ravens fans, right? And then, like, it's what we do. And quite honestly, I want more connection and relationship to what Lamar Jackson is doing in the offseason. And if he's playing Fortnite, if he's playing Call of Duty, and I have the ability to engage with him directly, the Baltimore Ravens should be figuring out a way to bring gaming and traditional sports and their athletes to their fan base in the offseason. When it comes down to how, like, Fortnite had an offseason the other day. It was 48 hours. And by the way, it was the, like, most watched black dot 48 hours in the history of marketing. And it will forever, it'll forever be studied. And, and at the University of Mississippi, I studied uh, Where's the Beef and the FedEx Flying <laughs> Panda. Like, that's the stuff that we were studying. And when the books are rewritten, they will study that Fortnite stuff because it was totally thing ever. And it's just like, you know, the NFL is sitting there with a 56 year old average demo sitting there watching the control that Fortnite has. FaZe Clan has seven point something million subscribers on their YouTube channel. The Dallas Cowboys have 125,000 subscribers. So yeah, as these as these uh, two things begin to coincide because they have so much overlap, I think there's a massive opportunity down the line for the way that traditional sports leverage esports in the downtime and the off season, where you know it's a lot of high. You're you're going up and up and up. The Washington Nationals are like, okay, great, we're gonna party for 48 hours, but. Then what? You know, we, we, we got to figure out a way to keep, you know, keep the energy high. And I think gaming is the way to do that. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. You know, talking about, uh, you know, really the, the need and opportunity for them to leverage esports. Right. You look at like, you know, NHL came out a couple of years ago and, and mandated that every uh, franchise had to have an esports team. Right. They had to have an esports component. Um, and so they're, they're kind of partway there, right? Um, MLB, a great example. They've been massively aggressive online and, and the stuff that they've done online has been, you know, bar none, far and above what other traditional sports have been able to do. Um, and now they're starting to really move aggressively into that esports space. But that crossover, that, that leveraging hasn't really happened yet. And, and as, as Herb just mentioned, you know, you look at virtually every major league player, every National Football League player, all these people, you know, men, women, whatever, they're all gamers. They, they all go home and they play games at some point. The 56-year-old the demographic sitting at home watching the NFL, they may not be gamers and they don't exactly get it. And when you see esports headlines on ESPN, they freak out and they're like, oh, that's not really sports because, you know, these aren't athletes. It's like, mm, no, you're wrong about that. You're wrong about that. And, and everybody's playing. And it's not disrespect to that demo either, right? You need right. a 56 man, right? I mean, that's just what you need, but you have to start engaging younger. Nick, I'll add one more point just in regards to traditional sports. 
because, and I know Stephen Sonk is still watching who I used to work with, but Juju, and this is going to be painful for you to hear, Juju Smith-Schuster is the greatest asset that the NFL has that's being massively underutilized. And it's tough for me to say that because he's a Pittsburgh Steelers. But I respect the hell out of him and everything that he's doing with his YouTube channel and, and, and with the gaming uh, space. But the pro, and if you've listened to me before, you, you know I beat this example with it like the horse, but um, the Pro Bowl is the biggest nightmare in traditional sports. And I know this and can attest to it because I've sold it. And it is, uh, it's, I mean, it's just unengaging, it's lazy. It's not fun to watch, but the things that happen around it are very engaging and very fun and very well done. Quite honestly, if I am Rachel Hoagland, who I know is a fabulous executive from Hasbro who's coming in and running gaming for the NFL, I take the linemen off the field. I give them an eating competition. I do seven on seven. I fly in all my top streamers and gamers to Orlando or Hawaii or Miami, wherever, and I have them build out an uh, an esports event uh, or a Fortnite tournament sponsored by the U.S. Army, and I completely recreate what it is to, to build a Pro Bowl and, and football experience. And I make an event that isn't terrible and <laughs> that is engaging to the 18 to 35 year old demo who want to be there and they want to play their favorite game with their favorite athlete that we know that they're watching, but they're just not going to watch live. So that's my that's. I hope somebody from the NFL is watching so they can steal my Fun deal, man. You got me. Like, like, let's go do that right now. I'll write it up and let's go pitch it because that, 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 that to me is, is that, that's leveraging it, right? That's taking advantage of, of what's happening in the space and using it in a different way and making it exciting for the audience to engage with, right? I mean, you could... You know, if you want to stick it in the NFL side, let's do an, you know, a Madden competition. Uh, you know, why not? Like, let's just go blow it out. That kind of engagement would be just awesome. And, and those are the things that, uh, you know, traditional sports side is missing right now. Um, and, and frankly, you know, it's on them to, to pick it up. I mean, you know, we can sit here and I, like, hopefully somebody from the NFL is watching. Come on. I'll be I think brilliant. someone is. There's a few that usually tune in, I think. So. Awesome. Well, I did that project with Laura Lefton at the league. And then, you know, I, I, Joanna Ferries is, is, is a great relationship that I've created in this space. If you just left. And anyway, hopefully, hopefully somebody's watching and they steal that idea. But if I see it next year, I'm going to call Sports Biz Live. <laughs> we'll make it happen. That's, uh, those are good ideas. So kind of off that where it's like, in the short term, the biggest, the, I think the simplest way to bridge the gap is like streaming. So you have, like we said, all these athletes, people that we've had on our past events and that we've spoken to athletes, they all live stream. So that's like something immediate, but like, are there any other ideas kind of like that, that are either at live events or games where it's like, how can we incorporate both like physical sports and then esports as well? But I thought that was a, that was a good idea here. Yeah, um, the the streaming thing is so incredibly impactful. It's rewriting the way that we market, right? I mean, influencer marketing is giving it an entirely new name right now because you have names like uh, Ninja Shroud who are getting paid. I mean, I don't. I I, I have a lot. Let's just say a lot. <laughs> I'm just curious. What's your thought on the number? Hundred million. My thought on the number. Oof. Hundred plus, Nick. 
depends, over like so it depends years. on the length, right? What's the yeah. term? If it's if it's multiple year, yeah, it's going to be a hundred plus for at least for Ninja, right? And Shroud's right behind there, so yeah. We're, like we're MLB contract. We actually don't work at Roundhill Investments. We just sit in our WeWork and talk about this. Um, we literally, I'm like, I've heard, I've heard from a source that it was, it was ten, it was a uh, ten million for three years for thirty. I'm like, no, I can't be right. And then I've gotten myself up to ninety, but I can't get myself to a hundred. But uh, it's all we talk about. But the streaming thing is so incredibly impactful. Brands now have such an ability to get, I mean, Base Plan is the perfect example. I haven't considered, I haven't considered going to Burger King in, I don't know, 10 years. And I live right next to one in Oxford, Mississippi. But like now Phase Plan is engaging with Burger King in a very, very unique way. And I'm like, listen, I might just go try an impossible water. Why not? Phase Plan. <laughs> Sucker. For <laughs> this stuff. And it's, and it's, I mean, it's going to reshape what marketing is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, to your original question, what kind of activations could, could be done? And, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many unique things that, you know, the three of us sitting around a table, you know, put a couple drinks on our hands and we'll rewrite history kind of thing. Like, you could come up with all kinds of ideas. Um, and, and I think what you know, what's going to be most interesting to me is to see how those, you know, sports, how those teams, how those leagues uh, really do embrace, you know, the esports aspect and element. I mean, you know, the influencer piece is, is massive. And, you know, I think there's, it'll be interesting because I think there's some, some effect in, and, you know, I, I say this from, from some of the hardware manufacturers I work with, you know, some of the interfaces and the crossover that's going to begin happening on your smart televisions between, you know, sort of how you're able to interact with your TV in a more traditional computer type sense, right? And the, the format that you watch on your TV, they're going to be very unique and they're going to allow for some crossover activations that are things that, you know, people aren't even thinking about yet. But, you know, I, I see like, you know, I can see like a, a Twitch activation where you've got, um, you know, a, a very unique user interface on a television. Lots of people are streaming Twitch across their Xboxes or their, their Playstations, and they're also going in and they're just running it through an app, you know, through a dedicated app. So these things are going to start crossing over more, and that's going to help define how an influencer might get engaged on a traditional sports broadcast, right? So instead of uh, an influencer coming in and you know ninja visiting the booth for five minutes or something like that you might have a streamer who's sitting on your tv who's talking in concert with the stuff that's going on on the tv from the broadcast booth but it's kind of talking over it and giving you their two cents and that could be the way that they're they begin to influence and and you know make things happen in that space could be something else entirely, right? It could be influencer activations at events themselves and bringing influencers to those events and setting up special locations where people can meet. I mean, you know, I've been going to Warp Tour for, God, 20 plus years or something like that. And they've been bringing YouTube influencers in and YouTube personalities and people in for years. Okay. And, you know, people line up all day to go meet them. I mean, how, have you seen what's been going on with Mr. Beast? And his yeah. Well, I mean, that type of stuff, using, and then he's, you know, that's more content creation, but as a whole, it's like, I mean, 
you got Elon Musk and the CEO of Shopify coming in and, and committing a million tree. Like, I mean, just like the the whole process that the things that we're seeing, the way that these content creators are um, not only just in this for the passion of what they're doing, but they're in it just for the good. They're starting to use this this power that they have for good. Um, I mean, Mr. Beast is just someone to learn from, just as a from a good human standpoint, because um, of everything that he does. But you know, it's just there's so much impact. I mean, the great companies like uh, Game Changer Charity and, and Gamers Outreach, and um, uh, uh, another one in, that I'm forgetting as well. They're doing such great stuff with content creators and uh, with gaming organizations and, and streamers with massive presences. And that that stuff is going to be super impactful too. So uh, there's just you know. We can sit here, you know, I think this, I'm now going on a tangent, sorry, Nick. But um, there's, <laughs> there's a tangent, keep going, we're following. Well, there's, keep it flowing. <laughs> there's a certain level, like there's the people that are gonna win in this industry and do very, very well are the executors. Because the one thing that I've noticed is that the industry has so much energy, so much excitement, so much outrageous opportunity where the surface has barely been scratched yet. I mean, based on where I came from down in Atlanta and the, the, the picks and shovels that they don't have to, you know, help their business become more monetizable. is like, I mean, there's software and there's picks and shovels that have to be developed for this industry to grow and they're just not there yet. Um, but there's so many calls that I get on where everyone's like, oh my God, we can do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, okay, that's a list of about 12 things, and they're all fabulous ideas. They really are. But pick one. Pick one and go. Because I, I promise you, you know, those opportunities are still going to be there based on the – but the amount of times that I have those calls where I end up with a list of 12 things that somebody wants to accomplish from a consulting standpoint, I'm like – and I never hear from them again because, honestly, the ideas are – there's so much opportunity that becomes overwhelming. They're like – it just like – overwhelming, I don't know how to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I never hear from them again, is staggering. So I think the guy who have literally been like, okay, sea of opportunity, but I've got a lane, and I see it, and I'm going to stick to it, and I'm going to let the other stuff happen, and if there's some stuff, which there will be, waiting, you know, uh, waiting in the wings a couple years from now, I'm going to pivot. So execution, that's that's the theme of that game. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. And you know, for brands coming into the space, and this is this is the mantra. I'm. You know, this is what I go with and go to every day. Is you know, have your strategic vision, have your strategic path, but it is all about that tactical execution. And and what are you doing each step of the way? And yes, other opportunities are going to come up, and and they're going to be there. And you need to make very quick decisions and very you know distinct decisions about. What is the, you know, what is the risk value equation look like uh, in regard to, you know, risk reward equation look like in regard to if I go after that, how does that pull me away from, from where I'm at now? Does that particular opportunity line up with my strategic path and vision? And if so, how can we incorporate it? If not, push it to the side, leave it there, put it on a back burner and come back to it in a year or two when you're ready for it, right? Huh. Um, so... That's that's the best way to go about it, and, and yeah, it's going to be the folks that are executing that are going to win. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, could you guys talk? I guess maybe some projects that you guys are kind of like, what's your path, or you know, you guys have two different organizations, two different objectives, but what's kind of the objective for each respective company? Kind of what's your what's the lane you guys are you're trying to play ball in? 
Get after oh, it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> All right, let's see. So, um, you know, where we're focused, where, where my new agency is focused, a little plug, uh, is uh, really helping uh, brands get into the space, right? Giving them the opportunity and showing them how to build that strategic plan and path and aligning that tactical plan, path, uh, sort of plan of action for them so that they get into the space authentically. Um, you know, where I come from, it's very much about uh, you know, telling authentic stories and, and where the agency is focused is, you know, we call ourselves a made media uh, and strategic marketing agency, right? We've, we've got a variety of things that, that we're capable of, but really that's what it comes down to is, is defining what that path and, and plan is and then building those storylines for those brands to help them get into the space. Um, that's, that's kind of our focus. I mean, you know, other people are welcome to their own interpretations, but. From a round point, I mean, we want to bring invent, uh, innovative financial products uh, to the investing public. So esports is a great place to start. I know Tim out in San Francisco, he's watching, he's obsessed with blockchain. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I can imagine, uh, you know, we, we've discussed potentially bringing a product regarding streaming uh, to market, but. But right now, the focus, for, uh, at least um, you know, on the initial, is esports, and it's it's a super unique opportunity because it just basically we have the platform to do as much PR and marketing as possible, talking about the industry that we care so much about. But we also are exposed to this um, massive, you know, sea of opportunity because, quite <laughs> quite honestly, in this capital hungry industry and and. Stephen, this might be helpful to you. Maybe we'll feed you some of the stuff we see. But we basically, no one in this capital-hungry industry where everyone needs a capital infusion for their gaming team or their platform or whatever, guys aren't even looking at what we do, and they're just sending a deck. Like, I just, like, I think I, like, yeah. me a deck as I've been sitting here and, you know, don't realize that Roundhill Investments doesn't invest privately. Now, that being said, one of our lead investors, BitGraph Esports Ventures, is uh you know they do so sometimes if we see something attractive uh we'll pass that along that's that you know if it's worth their time um but that's not our business but there's talks of it where it could be you know you know we we see enough of it and we get in enough conversations where we believe that we can help obviously we want to focus on what we have at hand but um you know there's it just kind of goes back to uh, uh, there's so much opportunity and Stephen, i love what you've built sounds like you're getting exposure to a lot of it um, and um, I think the more and more we talk, and the more and more we we see the you know the five year, ten year growth opportunity here. We're like, why don't we? You know, sadly, we're only we're only three dudes in a WeWork, so we we don't have a ton of manpower. <laughs> uh, there's uh, but there's definitely talks about doing some more creative things, whether it's consulting or advising or helping raise capital, because we do see a lot of it. So. Um, you know, uh, but again, comes back to execution. What what can you execute on and do well on? Yeah. You know, we've got investors like we do. So, um, uh, but this is me not wanting. This is me not wanting to pigeonhole myself. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, honestly, though, you know, especially in your kind of situation, you've got investors, and they're going to be making sure that you stay on track, right? That's that's what they're interested in. Right. You've sold them on a vision and they want you to move that direction. Now, 
there may be other opportunities in that space around what you guys are doing that would be a natural growth path. And that makes sense and they can get behind that. Um, you know, what, what I'm excited about is we've already, you know, 2020 stacking up for us to be super exciting. We've got some really big projects we're involved with. Very little I can talk about right now, <laughs> um, but with, with great brands, right? Um, there are a couple things that we're working on, but first and foremost, you know, and, and invitations to you guys both, uh, we're producing uh, the second annual nominee reception for the Game Awards uh, for Jeff Keighley, right? So the Game Awards, you know, some people familiar, some people not, but it really is the Oscars of the games industry. Uh, was one of the largest, if not the largest, live streamed event last year online period bar none super bowl included um so they get massive viewership and so last year uh we hosted the nominee reception at uh dolby at their headquarters in san francisco this year we're moving it down to la we're doing it the night before the broadcast so december 12th is the broadcast for the game awards december 11th is the nominee reception um, and that's just, you know, a baby step into what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing a lot of work with, with Jeff uh, Keeley, who, who owns and produces the Game Awards, uh, over the course of the next year to, to really build the storyline behind games and esports in, in a more authentic way. We're producing a 15-part uh, con web content series for him, um, so 15 episodes that's going to really talk about the background of games and esports and all things that go into it, the technology and those kinds of things. So we've got some really exciting stuff on that path, if you will, that we're, that we're going to be supporting and making happen. And then, uh, gosh, there's a couple that I really want to be able to talk about. I just can't yet. Uh, have me on in about a month and, and we'll blow it out, right? You can break the news, yeah. but, but they'll be really good. And, and, and Herb, you'll be interested because at least one of them is is something where that crossover opportunity between traditional uh, sports and and esports and and more importantly traditional media and uh, and games and esports can really begin to be played with in some interesting ways. And it's going to be a very high profile program that we're we're super excited about. So uh, I'll, I'll reach out to you on that because I'd love to pick your brain on it. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, yeah, happy to share more details when things are finalized. We have some questions that we can answer. So uh, one of them was the first questions that came in from Noah. Um, seems more of like a blockchain or crypto type of question, but are there any projects that you've seen regarding like tokenization um, happening in esports, whether it's like fundraising or from a fan engagement, but something around tokenization? Have you guys seen anything along those lines? And um, before you answer that, if if anyone else is watching, just type any questions and we'll we'll get to them. So, I'll I'll open and say this is not where I operate. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. I've tried. I tried so hard back when I was in the NFL. Wave like go to something else. Like seriously, I, I can barely read myself. I went to Ole Miss and I like read so much. And I just don't get it. So not. I, nothing that's that's turned my head. So, so what I would say is I haven't seen anything specific yet. Uh, it's interesting that you say that. I'm I'm um, I'm just got pinged by a friend of mine at UBS uh, UBS that works for their impact investment um, arm, and there's a blockchain in esports event going on in San Francisco in mid November. 
um, that I think I'm going to attend. And, and this will be sort of the first chance for me uh, to at least uh, see what some of the thinking is around that. I think there's, you know, blockchain in and of itself, huge opportunity, ridiculous. You want to talk about the Wild West, you know, fortunes are, are made and lost in the course of, you know, three times in a day kind of thing, right? So, so who knows where that all is going, but uh, there's some really interesting stuff. What blockchain represents to me is an opportunity to really, um, well, I don't want to go too far off on a tangent, but to really begin to uh, customize and create very specific in-game uh, awards, rewards, what, you know, what have you. Uh, you know, let's go to LVMH for a second, go back all the way back to the beginning, right? So here are these custom skins. Well, with blockchain, you can assign ownership and you can, you can track that ownership to those skins. And so now you have a provenance, right? So now you can prove that it's authentic. And then you get into some really interesting things around, hey, let's build, you know, let's build an opportunity for people to exchange those, you know, whether they're buying or selling or just trading. Um, that, that could be some interesting stuff happening. Uh, and, and I'll be curious to see what that enables in-game specifically uh, going forward. It's, it's probably completely out of out of line and, and have no idea what I'm talking about. No, <laughs> well, it's funny. My my chief investment officer is such a blockchain that he's obsessed with it. And as you were saying, and he's out in San Francisco, and I saw on the company calendar Tim headed to gaming blockchain event just pop up as you were saying that. Yeah, there you go. See, so you know, it's there's talk around it, and I, I think there it'll be interesting to see. I, I think you know, we'll see what happens. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting subject. Well, um, what were some of the other like big deals that have happened? Like I saw Nike, I think company with 2K League, or like what are some of the other big brands that are kind of like pioneering, whether it's skins or different like experiential immersive um, marketing? But any other deals that kind of come to mind that are kind of piqued guys' interest? I think Herb has one. <laughs> you got to raise your hand. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for where uh, collegiate esports is going to go, but it's yes. that's uh, it's got a lot left to learn. Um, Wim Stocks is a good friend, and what he's created at the Collegiate Star League is Wim is great. The NCAA. I, I was at an I was at an event all day yesterday, so I really haven't read much in the NCAA announcement. But that's going to play a factor here. Because the, I mean, the NCAA had already passed, and there's just going to be a lot of stuff that happens. But the other day, Gen G partnered with the University of Kentucky to help build out their esports program. So, University of Kentucky has a team. Gen G is one of the more recognizable brands on the planet uh, when it comes to, to gaming and esports. And when you bring together two powerhouse brands like that, uh, it's super, super, it was super, super impactful and something that I couldn't have called. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if there's enough teams um, that maybe try and step into the space to do that. You know, like whether Hunter Thieves does something like that, you know, whether Liquid does something like that. But what I think it does is, A, it's, it's great marketing because now everyone at, you know, the SEC is competitive. As you know, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Alabama, everyone took a look and was like, what's going on in Kentucky? I want to be involved too. So there's that conversation that's going to start. And then I think, like I said in my LinkedIn course the other day, um, the integration in basketball there is going to be really interesting because 
the NBA 2K League would certainly benefit from a collegiate, you know, farm league where guys are coming from the University of Kentucky, the brand, the basketball brand of the University of Kentucky, and then going to the NBA 2K League to play the next level. I think there's a really, really interesting opportunity there. But there's plenty left to be learned. But collegiate esports is one thing I'm, I'm super, super excited about. And partnerships like those are, are really great to see. Yeah, that's interesting, especially with like collegiate esports, where there's a lot of a lot of madness going on, especially with like in the NCAA, and then our students allowed to get paid. But it seems like with esports, like is it true they're already like it seems like you know they're not registered on the school, so they are able to monetize. So that, hmm. yeah, most you're what you're seeing in in collegiate is uh, phenomenal. First off, in in regard to just the speed at which it's taking off. Um, and then, you know, combine that with the opportunity, both from a sponsor perspective, some of the stuff like, you know, when I was working with Dolby, uh, hand in hand, having conversations with like the UC Berkeley esports team, you know, Stanford esports, UC Irvine's got a great esports team out here. Um, you know, there's just, there's, there's tremendous opportunity on the collegiate side, uh, both in regard to growth as well as, um, you know, just as as Herb was saying, it's sort of like, you know, the 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 B leagues or, or the A leagues or the triple A leagues. I mean, you know, as as a way to bring players along and get them uh, ready for for quote unquote the big leagues. It's gonna be it's it's awesome. It's a new way to be social too. It's really funny. So yesterday I was playing golf down in Dallas and, and the uh, one of the uh, the interim uh, athletic director for Ole Miss was down there playing as well. And I asked him straight up, I was like, what do you know about the Ole Miss esports team? And he was very blunt and honest. He was like, I honestly don't know much, but I know I need to learn more. And I was like, well, we, we beat Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl the other day, just so you know. Uh, kind of the yeah. um, But, you know, it, it's providing a really, really unique opportunity, again, for that traditional sports and esports um, integration. Because I think one of the things that I always tell it is that Fortnite has provided a very, very unique opportunity for the captain of the chess team to be great friends with the captain of the football team, right? And there's nothing yeah. traditional sports athletes respect more than a guy that can absolutely slay in Fortnite. So, you know, yep. you, when you when you bring together those two groups in the offseason and you've got your starting quarterback who is ready to play, uh, you know, go online with the captain of the Ole Miss esports team, that – that changes the narrative of what it used to be like to have to keep your computer in your dorm room, right? If you were yeah. in college, like, you, you know, you, you got to kind of like hide away or, you know, you were in the basement of the dorm room or something like that. Now, like, let's bring it out and put it in the Grove, baby. Let's play Fortnite yeah. in the Grove and then head into beat LSU in a couple weeks. <laughs> well, and, you know, I think it was a Forbes quote that, you know, said games are the new social media. Right. You look at the marshmallow concert in Fortnite, largest concert ever attended. Period. Bar none. I mean that's that's massive. Madness. That's massive. I'll never forget when I told my dad about that and he politely told me to go F myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what and, and then I'm talking to, you know, uh, granted, okay, I'm you know, here I am in Northern California, San Francisco Bay, so you know, Tech Central. Um, but I know entire families that attended the, the concert together from different rooms in their house. Yeah. Right. Dad, mom, both kids, 
like all of them getting together, all their friends showed up, you know, it's, it's the way it was. So. That's interesting. Yeah. And from like a town perspective, especially with traditional sports, there's like a clear, like growth curve where it's like players have to progress, you know, when they're in CODs they're better when they're pro they're better, but you see someone like 16 years old when Fortnite. So like, do you see any, like, you know, is being younger actually help like more helpful to be the best of your, your game or, you know, completely different where you have someone like Quinn at age 16, but you're never going to see that with someone in the NBA, NFL, but is that kind of skill curve or like talent curve? Is that something you see like kind of sustainable? You know, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. Let's say this. I, I can guarantee I'm older than both you guys and my gaming skills have seriously declined over the years. To the point where, you know, it, it and it happened very quickly, uh, where, where all of a sudden, you know, my then, you know, three, four, five year old kids were kicking my ass and, and I couldn't figure out how they were reacting so quickly, right? So games are different in that, uh, it, it very much is hand eye coordination, but it's fine hand eye coordination, right? Really fine detail and it's fast twitch muscle fiber. How quickly can you process what you see? and generate a response with your fingers. And, you know, back in my day, I'd like to say I was very quick, but man, I ain't got nothing on players today. Well, I think that comes in, another massive opportunity I see is this physical fitness thing with, with gaming because it's being so looked down upon, like, oh, there's no physical ability required, like, this isn't a sport, whatever. Listen, I don't care what you do for 10 hours a day. If it's going to win you $3 million, you call it a sport, you know, like <laughs> yeah. if LinkedIn Lightning was going to earn me $3 million a day, I'll practice for 10 hours a day. But so like, you know, when you've got a guy who is a 16 year old kid and he has the opportunity to win that type of money that early in his life and he needs to be able to stand with strong posture and have quick twitch muscles. It's just a different set of muscles that, that need to be perfected. Sure, it's not the same muscle that it takes to be Josh Allen down in Jacksonville, you know, with 10 sacks yeah. this year. It, but it's a different type of skill set, and it needs to be respected. And I know those guys out at Mama Sports Academy um, are, are doing really, really great work. But um, to, to, to be honest with you, to, to stand in a position like these guys do, I mean, I've watched guys, I worked in the land center, I've watched guys play video games, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but it, it's, a, it's a lot of physical ability to keep strong posture and to keep your, your, your elbows back and to have range of motion and quick twitch. And at the end of the day, that stuff all diminishes too, right? I mean, your average pro gaming career is, what, like 16 to 21 right now? And then, yeah. at that point, then your eyesight just it doesn't go bad, but it just gets slower. And, and, you know, so you've got an opportunity you have to be healthy. Don't tell me that if someone said, okay, please replace the Doritos with carrots because it's better for your eyesight and you'll have a better chance of winning $3 million that, you know, people wouldn't start to do it, which and face, I, I go always go back to face plan, but you know, face has a face fitness account. You got all their guys in shape. I was going to say, like, yeah, I mean, what you're seeing is some really, you know, you're seeing a maturation of, of the industry also, right? And, and of players and, and of player wellness. And, and I mean, we saw it last year with the first year of the Overwatch League, you know, they had player burnout happen. A couple of the key players on some of the bigger teams, higher performing teams were having issues and, and needed to take breaks. 
And so player wellness is coming into it. And I think a lot of the stuff that you see on traditional sports side is going to begin making its way into the esports side, right? And, and trying to, you know, sort of bring these kids along, bring these guys and, and girls along as they mature into the, their, their player careers. It's going to be slow. It's going to be a slow process. There's trainers here in New York that I've created good relationships with because I lose so much weight after the University of Mississippi. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the place all the time. Like you have to understand. You have to know how to like how to get involved in this. The New York Excelsior is right around the corner. And totally. New York Subliners are are it's it's legit. And if you can yeah. become you know official health partner of either of those teams and you know you can take your first call of duty organization to the next level based on physical fitness you're in a speed slot to the top of that sector of the industry totally totally well um i like those takes um it looks like we ran over a little bit over the hour mark but if you guys want to kind of like round it up with a um kind of parting wisdom or any like bold predictions or ways to get in touch with you, something along those lines, but then we can kind of like wrap it up. This is a, a great, uh, great eSports talk. I got nothing smart to say. <laughs> I was going to say, this is what talking about eSports. It just goes forever. Um, no, listen, I think there's a lot to be learned here about this industry and first half of the first inning. And the, everyone asks me a lot, where's the maturity point? When is this thing going to get mature? I don't think it ever is, and I don't want it to, do, right? So we're going to five years from now, and you know, VR and AR is you know is going to take place, and then we're going to have you know three new leagues, and then you know you're going to have AI get involved, and it's just going to continue to evolve, and it's going to continue to be innovative. So um, if you're thinking about the right time to get into esports, it's right now. Don't wait. And start. You don't have to go get a job, but start learning. Start exposing yourself to the to the industry and and make relationships and, and start to learn because there's going to be opportunity for a lot of different skill sets. Um, I, I do all my work on LinkedIn, as most of you know. I'm also H May at RoundhillInvestments.com, and then I'm at Herbie May H E R B I E M A Y on Twitter and Herb.May.410410. On, uh, on Instagram. Right on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just to echo what you were just saying, Herb, um, you know, you look at traditional sports and where it's come from in the last century, right? It coincided with the rise of, of media and, and mass media, right, as, as we know it today. Um, but I think that we're very much a similar space in esports. Um, you know, the technology that's coming into play, you know, when I was with Dolby playing with things like Dolby Atmos and 3D sound, and you can, you can talk about THX, you can talk about DTS, they've all got solutions. Microsoft has their solution, right? It's going to become more and more, more immersive, more engaging. You're going to have audience in, in, in inclusion in that coming up. I mean, I've seen some really interesting tech coming out for how audiences can get involved in it in ways that they can't right now. Um, so it very much is in, in that first part of that first inning. And, and it certainly is an opportunity for anybody who wants to get in. Um, you know, I, I ain't got nothing smarter to say about it than that. Uh, but you can reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Stefan.Rollins on LinkedIn. You can reach out to me directly uh, through my new agency, Stefan 
at hidef, H-I-D-E-F dot G-G. Uh, love to hear from you. Love to talk to you. And, you know, anytime I can have a conversation about games and esports, count me in. Follow Nick on everything. That's right. Let's do it. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, we can try to even uh, continue this esports talk for next month or keep it rolling. But um, we're I here. Think, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for everyone that, uh, that tuned in. And um, we're at Sports Business Group. We're actually uh, planning an esports event sometime in January. So we'll kind of get the ball rolling. And once we have more details about that, we can, we can announce it. And then um, we'll also be doing live streams next week where we're going to have a virtual sports startup showcase on next Tuesday. So if you're interested in pitching that, you can apply. And then Herb and myself will be in Philadelphia for um, uh, a conference with 76 Capital. So I can include the details of that and we'll probably be live streaming there. But um, yeah, I, I appreciate uh, you two for coming on. I think uh, drop a lot of value for people at in all that you know details in, in the description but um yeah thanks again you guys i'm uh, looking forward to seeing how we can collaborate or do some more of these uh linkedin live stream talks thanks bro go birds yeah thanks man always fun this is great, great. looking forward to the next awesome. one all right